0: the newsstand episode 61 we're recording this on wednesday july 6 2016 i'm ryan gallagher and tonight i have scott and i hey scott
1: happy anniversary ryan
0: oh shucks thanks man i don't <laughs> know i don't know what you're supposed to get someone on the seventh anniversary
1: yeah let alone for podcast anniversaries this is uncharted territory
0: <laughs> something digital i presume
1: yeah our children will have this all handled i'm sure
0: yeah um so today is july 6th this is when Seven years ago, we uh, released our very first episode of the Criterion Cast. Pretty amazing that we've managed to continue doing it for so long. uh, Roughly every week coming back to talk about the Criterion Collection. Uh, I never thought in a million years that we'd be doing this (laughs) seven years from 2009 when we started. Uh, But you know what? It's it's fun. I'm going to keep doing it. Absolutely. So let's... We, you know, so we're recording this on kind of like a bye week where it's not necessarily, we're not going to be talking about new titles that have been announced by Criterion, but there was enough news uh, going around over the past couple of weeks to to make me want to record an episode of the newsstand, plus uh, a couple weeks from now when presumably we would record the episode discussing whatever is announced for October. I'm going to be in San Diego uh, for Comic-Con, and so I might not be able to record that week unless we are able to record you know at an earlier time uh before i leave for san diego so i thought well we may as well just get a new standout uh in the meantime so um first up the barnes and noble sales going on have you bought anything yet scott
1: no i'm waiting because there's all this intel out that these huge coupons are forthcoming so i'm gonna kind of just pile it all onto the end and get the most out of my coupon dollar that i can
0: Yep. Yeah, those so there's like 28 five percent off coupons i forget now i have like the yeah there's
1: all these stages the one i'm waiting for is coming at the last week and it's a 20 percent off i think kind of whatever you want to buy mm-hmm. like the total order and that's the week the new world comes out so i'm going to grab that and a couple other july titles and probably a couple others that just catch my fancy when i go in
0: so since the new world is a digipack are you going to go out to a physical store so that you can uh, buy one that is in pristine condition
1: Yes, absolutely. I hope the store that I'm going to has them in pristine condition. When I bought uh the Jacques Me set during a sale one year, the only copy the store had was like kind of marked up. It had like these red marks on it. Uh so I ended up buying it then just to have, but then I went and exchanged it like a couple hours later at a different store <laughs> where <laughs> they had said. clean copies. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I guess you gotta do what you gotta do in that situation. Yeah. Well, I haven't bought anything either yet. I'm kind of waiting. I don't know if I'm necessarily waiting for all these coupons to start uh, rolling in, but uh, I will. I do have several Eclipse sets that I need to buy that I'm planning on buying. Um, I also saw some people mention that they're waiting for the October titles to be announced, just in case, just to wait and see if anything is getting upgraded, and then you know they'll feel safer with buying DVDs.
1: Yeah, I'm always on the fence about buying early summer especially um and i just feel like they're gonna upgrade that any second now
0: yeah i know i wish you know i I often think like i wish that criterion could somehow like just give us a list of titles that are like least likely to be upgraded uh and i know that's like kind of bad business for them in a way (laughs) but you know just say like guys here you know i we know you're worried about these about you know not buying dvds here are some that we'll probably never upgrade so feel safe in buying these ones
1: yeah, I mean, at the very least, I wish they just kick them down a price tier. I mean, if some of these DVDs were only fifteen bucks instead of twenty, I would snap them up in a second.
0: Yeah, especially at fifty percent off prices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, it is fun to see everyone posting pictures of their hauls, and uh, people are certainly buying a lot of stuff. So, yeah, uh, it, it is the it is that time of year, definitely. So uh, before we get into a couple of news items uh, about the Criterion Collection specifically, uh, we have a couple of deaths to talk about just real briefly. We don't often or always talk about uh, directors or actors who have passed away. Um, But this weekend was especially sad in that we lost first Michael Cimino passed away uh, of Natural Causes at 77, uh, obviously of Heaven's Gate and, uh, you know, Deer Hunter and many other Uh, films fame but um, and you know first off like with him it was when uh, Heaven's Gate came to the Criterion Collection that was such a big moment I feel like that one was kind of in the works for many years it was something that many people had kind of like predicted or there's you know rumors going around that that might come but um, Criterion really did a a fantastic job with that release you know um, it looks amazing and it is you know it's definitely gotten into the hands of people who Uh, might not otherwise have had the chance to see it or, you know, gone out of their way to see it. Um, And it is certainly like a notorious film given like, you know, um, what happened with the studio after releasing it. And, um, you know, I wish there was maybe a little bit more context for that in the release itself, but I think people can still go out and find that kind of information.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Chimino is one of those guys who, made as big an impact as one could make with how relatively few films he made. And his name will loom large for quite some time to come.
0: Um, So then a couple days later, uh, so this was just on Monday on the 4th of July, uh, Abbas Kiarostami passed away at the age of 76. He had recently been um, diagnosed with gastrointestinal cancer and he was had been traveling to France to get treatment and then had passed away just this past weekend as well um you know again extremely sad i mean we we have a number of films from him um uh, but still you know like someone in love his most recent film was um beautiful and he was you know ch- stretching um what he was as a filmmaker in like going to other another country and shooting in an, another language and um so he clearly had you know much more uh to give us than than what we got and very sad
1: yeah my impression was he was gonna kind of keep continuing in that vein of traveling to new countries and trying out new languages and new ways of working and so even though we kind of knew that he'd been sick and that you know it, he didn't seem to be getting demonstrated better it still kind of felt like a shock because it felt like he was beginning this whole new phase of his career so yeah I, I still have so many of his films left to see and i can't wait to dive into them but even the ones i have it's evident that he's really I mean for me personally he's definitely changed the way I even just think about the world around me which is a pretty pretty much as good as an artist can do
0: this year has been just brutal in terms of, yeah. of the number of people dying um you know Jacques Rivette uh now we have these two directors we lost Chantal Ackerman in October of last year um you know obviously David Bowie and Prince and Muhammad Ali um it's just been you know, the year of, of big deaths. And I'd imagine this is probably going to continue as a trend. I mean, just as, you know, as generations age, this, this is going to happen. Um, but you know, it's always a shock. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So, uh, let's move on now to talk a little bit about some recent Criterion news. So let's, let's talk about the, uh, wacky newsletter drawing first. Uh, a little bit of contention surrounding what this might mean, although I think the um, the consensus is certainly correct on this one, although there are a number of people out there that seem to be stubborn and, and think that it's something else.
1: There always are. <laughs> there
0: always are. Um, so this time around, we got a little animal in a desk drawer. Uh, or
1: perhaps a grill, according to some people.
0: <laughs> I guess it could be a grill. I,
1: I've heard grill a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, America. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind of what happens when you release it around the 4th of July. That's people, true. People have grills on the brain. Um, this time. So this is a um, clearly, you know, like a turtle with a shell around it. Um, although maybe not so clearly. I shouldn't say clearly. But it looks like a turtle with a shell. Um And the consensus is now that this is the, uh, Howard Hawks film, um, his girl Friday from 1940. And there is a moment in the movie when, um, who is it? Cary Grant is he, he's, uh, there's like a, they're in the newsroom and he looks at this guy who is, you know, hiding in a desk and he, you know, says like, uh, Go.
1: Get back in there, you Mock Turtle,
0: Get back which is there, kind you. of
1: in in, in joke because he played the Mock Turtle in the 1933 Alice in Wonderland, and it's one of many kind of jokes in that film that are kind of poking fun at Cary Grant's image. uh This was maybe the first ever Criterion clue that wasn't blatantly obvious that I guessed right away, and I'm very proud of myself, and will be all the more dismayed if I am somehow not correct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um I saw a lot of people. So some are holding on to the idea that this is dragon in because maybe that's a dragon in that. Mm, uh, I see. <laughs> that seems, uh, I mean, we already know dragon Inn is happening. So maybe people want that to just be the easy clue. It doesn't really look like a dragon though. Nope. but I, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess any kind of reptile could be, could look like a dragon. I um, mean,
1: it kind of looks like a dinosaur and dinosaurs <laughs> kind of look like dragons. So it's like you get a few <laughs> steps removed and you can kind of make sense of it.
0: Yeah. Um, My favorite, uh, you know, idea jumping around when this was first revealed was that this was some kind of like kaiju box set because it was like a like a giant monster in a box. That would be fun. In a way. But I mean, once you see that clip from His Girl Friday where they say that line and show that guy in the desk, I mean, I don't understand how anyone could argue against what the the people saying that it's, you know, it is clearly His Girl Friday.
1: Yeah, I saw somebody trying to be like, well, that desk that they drew doesn't have the same number of drawers that the desk in the movie does. <laughs> it's like, OK, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah, I don't think he, uh, Jason Pullen is that uh, detailed in his Oh, uh, no, they are wacky for a reason. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, uh, His Girl Friday is a uh, Sony release. I think you can watch it digitally online. Yeah, it's
1: actually in the public domain.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um. Has there been a recent restoration of the film? Are there Blu-rays out there already?
1: I don't think there are any Blu-rays out there. I'm not sure about a restoration. I saw it like a year and a half ago at CineFamily right after, or not CineFamily, the New Beverly, right after Quentin Tarantino took over. And I think they were showing a new print there. So there might be kind of like new elements for them to work with.
0: Yeah. It doesn't look like there are any Blu-rays available. It is in HD on iTunes. Um and you can get it through Ultraviolet as well. So there's already like a fake Phantom page for it on Blu-ray.com for the Criterion edition. Nice. So yeah, I have to say that it's definitely His Girl Friday, and not any of the other ones. But
1: yeah, uh, I agree, and I'm super looking forward to it.
0: All right. So some other news or announcements that have been made by various folks. Uh, the other the la- over the last couple of weeks, Guillermo del Toro has been teasing at a 10th anniversary release uh of Pan's Labyrinth. And just last week he revealed that uh I mean he had kind of been teasing that Criterion would release it. Uh, over the years he's mentioned that he enjoys working with Criterion obviously with you know the releases of Kronos and The Devil's Backbone and um you know whenever people interview him in it you know this this topic comes up quite a bit you know whether or not Pan's Labyrinth will uh, get a Criterion release, and he's always, you know, a little coy about it, and saying that, you know, oh, I, I would love to, but, you know, nothing definite yet. Um, but now we have, you know, a piece of cover art that he revealed on Twitter last week,
1: and it's pretty, pretty nice.
0: It is pretty nice. I, um, so, uh, Mike Mignola did the cover art for Chronos, and then I think Guy Davis did the cover art for Devil's Backbone, and now. Uh, This woman, Becky Cloonan, is going to be doing the cover art for Pan's Labyrinth.
1: Yeah, I like that it's kind of kept in this kind of, it's kind of all in a Manoli kind of vein. It's not directly him, but it all kind of fits together. Totally. I mean, if
0: anyone out there reads the Hellboy comics or the BPRD comics, I mean, so many of those artists who work on those books, You know, they they take Mignola's style and they they spin it a little bit. They make it their own. I mean, they all feel of like a family. And that's kind of how these three films work. I don't think they, you know, I don't think Mike Mignola needed to do all three covers for them to feel like, um, you know, connected. And I think they, they do on their own.
1: Yeah, and I kind of like that there's a little bit of division between each of them, even if it's just kind of the knowledge in the back of our heads that it's different artists. It's kind of gives them their own feel. This is also another Warner Brothers title, so that relationship is getting more and more cemented.
0: Yeah, I. the only thing that I'm... So I'm looking at the cover right now. The only thing that I'm not crazy about is the spacing of the letters. Uh, so like, PANS is spaced really far apart, and then Labyrinth is kind of, you know, very close together. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure this is probably on purpose, but it just doesn't look right to me. Like, I wish that they had like either, either like squeeze pans a little bit closer so that it's the same width as labyrinth, uh, or, you know, stretch out labyrinth a little bit.
1: Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. And I guess the lettering too, it doesn't quite fit with the rest of the scheme, but typography and criterion is sometimes imperfect like that. <laughs>
0: but I know that they care about this stuff. So I'm sure that they, they won't necessarily, uh, release something that they aren't happy with. So I'm sure that if, you know, as they look at this cover, it'll probably just cause like, you know, I look at, um, so I'm looking at some of the other covers, like the chronos cover, uh, the lettering is not that far apart. I mean, it's pretty close together. It looks nice. Um, and then with the devil's backbone, let's see here. I'm going to pull this up really fast. Um, it seemed like it wasn't it's definitely not as stretched out again like that feels much more in line and they even kind of did a little you know like disconnected bit with the the d um when it, as it goes and the b as it goes over the um the blood coming out of his head so i don't know um i i guess we'll have to wait and see what they do or what what uh you know what the final version looks like um I also think they should move that a film by Guillermo del Toro down to the bottom. Uh, yeah,
1: that would fit in more with the other covers.
0: Yeah. I was thinking that um, just tonight as I was preparing for the episode that it would be fun if they did another one of their little box set collections. Oh, of, yeah. Kind of like what they've done with, um, you know, recently with the, um, what was it, with Stillman and the uh, Andre Gregory. Walt, yeah. yeah. Wallace Shawn Andre Gregory box set. Um, you know, given that they already have two releases out there, how about do another, uh, trilogy box set and include, you know, a new slip case for it. I might be tempted to buy, uh, the, th- the three pack version again, if it meant getting like a new slip case with like a fancy cover, you know, fancy design on it. Um,
1: Knowing you, I think you'd be more than tempted, <laughs> but
0: uh... <laughs> yeah, I might already own, you know, two versions of <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth on Blu-ray plus the DVD. Um, So I, you know, I might be a fan of this movie already. And uh, I might also own multiple editions of the other films of Guillermo del Toro. I might, you know, while we're getting uh, pretty nerdy about this <laughs> right now, actually, one of the things that I'm like contemplating purchasing or that I have been for a long time, like I haven't pr- uh, imported anything from Japan yet. But Japan, because just because of like the shipping costs, involved, yeah. it just is kind of prohibitively high to import stuff. And I, it's so hard for me to justify like on a per disc. I I—I think I would have just have to order a lot to make it feel like, you know, per disc it's, it's worth it. Um, yeah. And then it's just a matter of finding those Japanese Blu-rays that aren't available in the States, which is kind of tricky sometimes, although there are definitely some helpful resources out there. Um, so the, one of the things that has been in my cart on Amazon Japan for a long time is, uh, the, uh, his, his robot movie, um, Pacific Rim.
1: Oh yeah, I bet they have a pretty decent edition of that. Thing, well, right?
0: uh, actually it's, you know, it's pretty much similar to what has been okay. released here. The only reason I want to import the Japanese version is because it has a Japanese language track, like a Japanese dub, and oh, I yeah. and I have to and I just imagine that that movie would be so much more fun in Japanese. And so, uh I that's the only, like one of the only reasons why I'm thinking about importing that one is just to get that that extra language track which isn't available on any of the other Blu-rays that I can find so far.
1: That kind of surprised me that it's not available. Actually, I mean, sometimes you get these studio discs because they'll have like ten different languages. On I it. know, I know. It's <laughs> like, it's baffling. I often,
0: I also think about that with like the, um, the total sidetrack, the, like the, the Kung Fu Panda Blu-rays. Uh, oh, yeah. I wish those ones had like the, uh, the different Chinese language tracks because there was one where I think maybe it was like the first movie or the second one where, um, Jackie Chan actually did the Chinese dub for uh, his character, uh, okay. which was in, you know, he spoke the English dialogue in the, the English version, but he also dubbed the Chinese one. Um, and I think they might've even done the two different like Mandarin and Cantonese versions, but um, anyway, total sidetrack.
1: Well, if you do ever place an order from Japan and uh, you want to, some extra discs to pad it out, uh, just <laughs> let me know. Cause I got plenty on my wish list as well. I know we maybe could we team should up do- on the shipping a little. We should, we should do that. Um, there's, you
0: know, I think some of the, a couple of the discs that I have in my Amazon Japan card are like the David Lynch movies that are on Blu-ray, like the straight story I think is one that is not available in the States or maybe the UK, but it is available on Amazon Japan.
1: Yeah, and they've been churning out these new restorations of Ozu movies that look way better than the BFI Blu-rays, yeah. so that's, that's what I have my eye on at present.
0: Those ones are also kind of a little too expensive for my taste. Uh, I hear you. They're, they're in the like $30 thirty or $40, sometimes $50 range. Um, there's also some pretty good Blu-rays of the Miyazaki films, uh, the Studio Ghibli stuff, and those are ones that I often look at but then think like, ooh, that's a little too expensive. Like, And also even the ones that aren't getting great reviews like the mag- the um magnificent ambersons um which just got a recent blu-ray there which didn't get great reviews but that one is like $38 just like yeah before any shipping or anything so
1: but like you said it didn't get great reviews anyway so yeah so
0: it's less tempting but yeah there's also a lost highway blu-ray which i that might have a blu-ray in the UK but definitely not in the states i don't think um that although that might be a cri- upcoming criterion release Anyway, those are what—that's what's in my Amazon <laughs> Amazon Japan cart right now. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm very excited about the idea of Pan's Labyrinth uh, Blu-ray. He's done great uh, commentary tracks in the past. I think you know, initially when Devil's Backbone was announced, there was going to be a continuation supplement of his t- of the tour of his house, um, his Bleak House. And which was in that Chronos Blu-ray initially back in uh, 2010. And then they were going to do a part two. And then that got dropped off the list of supplements for Devil's Backbone. And so hopefully now with Pan's Labyrinth coming, this might be the chance for them to go back and, you know, show us more of the rooms. Yeah, that first one kind of ends at his like his little film uh, viewing area. And they hardly get into any of like showing off his DVD shells, which, you know, would certainly go, be right up our alley.
1: It's a cliffhanger. he got to pay it off.
0: It was totally a cliffhanger. Um, actually, there's going to be a exhibit at what is it like MoMA in Los oh, Angeles? Oh, LACMA. Oh, LACMA. Yeah.
1: I think that's kind of at the end of the year. Yeah. They had a Kubrick exhibit a couple of years ago that uh, it was kind of uh, not everybody loved it, but I enjoyed it. So I imagine this will be a lot of fun as well. Looking forward to checking it out.
0: So the LACMA exhibit actually starts august 1st oh damn uh, and it goes all the way to november 27th um and it's called guillermo del toro at home with monsters and i think it's just going to be like you know pieces of artwork paintings um maquettes artifacts all this kind of you know concept art stuff from his house you know presented in a little uh museum exhibit so very exciting yeah for sure uh, that might be worth for me driving down to L.A. or t- flying down to L.A. at some point to check that out. I, I would I would consider that.
1: There you go. How far does the Guillermo del Toro addiction spread? <laughs> uh,
0: as, as far as uh, it, my wallet allows. I there think. you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, let's talk a little bit about now. OK, so way back in January, uh, all the way back six months ago, there was the Wacky New Year's Drawing. And in that drawing, we got a little tease that Criterion might be working on a new release of the Lone Wolf and Cub films. There was the little baby cart um, being pushed by um, the guy from McCabe and Mrs. Miller. And um, just this past week, the comic book artist Paul Pope uh, posted a drawing on Instagram where he teased at a you know piece of art that he was working on for Criterion for Lone Wolf and Cub. So, uh, this is his, his Instagram page is, uh, comics destroyer and, um, oh, you know, he, you know, what was also pretty cool that he posted recently was this drawing that he did of stalker, which I don't know what he's, uh, teasing at there, but I don't think he did. He didn't kind of tag criterion in it. So I don't think they're working on stalker, but maybe someone else, or maybe he's doing something else for that. But anyway, he did, uh, a drawing, you know, of the. Uh, of the main character with the, with the sun uh, standing atop a pile of bodies <laughs>
1: as they should be, as they should
0: be. Um, so here is so very exciting that like, this is kind of what happened with the Zadouichi uh releases in that like a number of comic book artists started kind of like tweeting drawings over the course of the months leading up to the announcement of the giant Zadawichi box set. And that was when we were all like, Oh, what is it going to be? Is it going to be all the films? How are they going to release this? Is this going to be like an eclipse box set? What? How could they possibly include that many films in one collection? Um, the lone wolf and cub movies though, aren't, aren't that many. And so it'll be much easier for them to do a, uh, a, a, smaller box set. Um, I think there's only six of them, um, not including like the, uh, Shogun assassin kind of recuts of the, of the films.
1: Yeah. I don't really know anything about these movies. Um, but I would be very much interested to check them out. And especially if there aren't quite as many as the Zatoichi, I might actually be able to, <laughs> I think
0: there's just six. Uh, okay. I mean, there are, there actually, there might be more, but I think of this run, um, that Toho did back in like the late. 60s, early 70s. There's like six, and then I think there's more that came later, but there's with a different actor and maybe like a different uh, run of them. These were released on DVD and then eventually on Blu-ray by that company Animego, who they do a number of you know Japanese uh, films on home video, and that Blu-ray that they released for the the six films. I think all of the films were crammed on either one or two discs oh wow and so they were pretty low bit rate and um you know not particularly well restored or anything i think they just kind of released them as they um as they had them or as they were given to them but those releases all went out of print a couple of years ago and when they went out of print that kind of you know everyone started hoping like maybe criterion would pick that up um you know, as you know, they, animego had also released the Zatoichi films in a box set, um, over the years. So I'm very, very excited to see if this is going to be a, you know, late, uh, 2016 box set. You know, if this is going to be something for November or December or October, even,
1: I mean, so I, yeah, it seemed like the Zatoichi set worked out well for them in that time of year. So, yeah,
0: I mean, I have to imagine that, uh, I think the 10 year anniversary of Pan's Labyrinth is October. And so it seems most likely that Criterion will be releasing that in October. Um, right in time for my birthday. There you go. Yeah. And then if they want to continue to shower me with birthday gifts, then, uh, having the lone wolf and cub series coming out in October or November would be, uh, just fine by me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you'll make do no matter what.
0: I'm sure I will too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, this is, uh, this is a lot of fun. I'm very excited. I hope that, um, you know, it, it was fun going, I, I didn't have, in my mind, like I, I hold the Lone Wolf and Cub movies up higher than the Zadawichi ones only because I love the comics, the Lone Wolf and Cub books right. so much. But I think like actually going back once the Zadowichi films were released and I started watching some of them, I think some of those might be more well-made than the Lone Wolf and Cub movies. Um although there are many, very you know there are many more of them um but i would i would love to be to go back and and rewatch these i hope that they come up with some you know um I, i'm curious to see if like they you know have individual comic book artists uh working on this in addition to paul Pope like i mean I love his work and he's um if he were to do it all I'd be totally happy with that but um yeah we'll see
1: yeah kind of that seemed like a good element of the Zadoichi set which i don't own but if i were to buy it that was always a big kind of selling point was all those little pieces of interior art
0: yeah yeah they really got uh, a nice group of artists together for that one and so i'm I'm sure that they have you know comic book artists beating down their door asking to work with them on on stuff like this all right so Let's see, what else do we have here? There was a new uh, trailer going around last week, I think, for uh, the film Elevator, Elevator to the Gallows. Uh, there's going to be a new tour of the film here in the States from Rialto. And so I think a lot of people are hoping now that with this new restoration that has been going around over the past year or two, um, I think this played at the Cannes Classics uh, lineup last year. And so, you know, fingers crossed for a Blu-ray upgrade on this one.
1: Yeah, this is one of the few Rialto titles that's still in the collection, so hopefully they can hang on to that since some of these Rialto restorations don't usually come to disc, unfortunately, which is too bad because they do a great job restoring these films and getting them out there theatrically. And they cut awesome trailers for it. The trailer for this is super cool. It kind of lends it that jazzy flavor, but it doesn't try to make it into a movie it's not. You can still kind of tell it has kind of a languid pace to it amidst the kind of flashes of violence. Um, but what was interesting to me, having recently watched the film again, is that the trailer is in the Academy ratio of one three three one three seven, but the movie is listed on Criterion has already, always been shown, to my knowledge, at one six six. Mm. So I don't know if that's like something they recently discovered that's supposed to actually be full frame. Um, but I wonder if that'll kind of change the feeling of watching the movie a little bit, little bit.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Um... I hope or, you know, it would would be fun if they were able to release like an isolated score track version of of this movie as well. If they were to do a new Blu-ray of it.
1: It works so well without the dialogue, even if. Yeah, just stripping that away. It's such a visual movie and that score is so great.
0: Yeah. So just putting that out there, Criterion. Maybe (laughs) maybe, uh, see if you can get that uh, put together. I don't, are they, have they, uh, I'm just going to go to Rialto's page. They haven't done like a new poster for this yet. Have they?
1: Uh, I didn't check. I don't
0: think so. Uh, Rialto is always pretty good about coming up with new trailers and artwork and stuff for their, for their tours. Um, let's see. I don't see one here, but, uh, that's not to say that they won't. So I'll keep your eyes out for, um, this coming to your, your local theater in the coming months, because it's definitely worth seeing on the big screen. For sure. Um, couple of other things the folks at filmstruck had a survey going around um when i tried taking the survey which they had posted on facebook i was getting like a url error and um some people were getting this sent to them via email uh did you get a chance to take this filmstruck survey
1: uh, I did it's not uh it's kind of the most open ended survey you can imagine there's okay. not any multiple choice answers it's a lot of kind of what kind of films would you like to see what genres of films it's like you can pretty much just do anything you want with it mm. um so I kind of you know list a few of my favorite directors and uh some film movements that you know maybe haven't gotten a lot of attention uh but i i don't know i'd be kind of surprised if this demonstrably impacts the bottom line, since it's so open-ended, I can't imagine there'd be that much of a uniform response.
0: Were there any, um, non-movie related questions in that like, you know, any technical questions, like what platforms do you want to see this on or anything like, um, you know, uh, maybe hinting at like supplements being available online or anything like that?
1: Just what would you like to see from this platform that no other streaming platform provides. And I couldn't think of anything. Was it, were they,
0: you, they just wanted you to type a response in? There? Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, so I, hopefully this kind of result, they gather some information, present a more focused survey going forward. But yeah, I had a hard time kind of, cause I, I would definitely want to give them input as much as I can, but I kind of had a hard time thinking of, you know, kind of features that I haven't seen on anything between Hulu and Fandor and even Netflix. It's like, I feel like the bases are kind of covered, but maybe I'm just not that creative.
0: (laughs) Well, we're all waiting with bated breath to see what this, how this thing, uh, turns out in a couple months. Yeah, for sure. So finally, um, the cinema retrovato film festival in Bologna, uh, just ended last week, I think. And they're, uh, every year or at least for the past several years, they've done a DVD awards where they gather together some of uh you know some pretty uh interesting and fun people in the world of uh you know uh film criticism and review some of the DVD and Blu-ray releases from around the world. And so essentially if you are a fan of importing discs this is <laughs> like your list of okay well here's my shopping list of what uh are the best or most you know uh, lauded discs from around the world. That if you have a region-free player, this is what you should be importing. So, um, and if you have a
1: lot of cash at your disposal <laughs> and, for yes, some of these,
0: I know because some of them are coming from countries that don't have Amazon pages, and you know, and <laughs> and will make you spend a lot in shipping them from you know from the museum that you have to order them from because that's the only place that has them. Um. I guess, you know, we don't have to necessarily go through every one of these releases um, and just maybe talk about some of the big ones that won like um, in the past, you know, things like the uh, Rossellini Bergman box set from Criterion had won an award the year that it was released. Um, and so and I think also like the uh, Barovchik box set had won an award that year. This year, there was a tie, I think, between the best box sets where the Carl Theodore Dreyer collection that the BFI released on Blu-ray last year won, as well as the Jacques Rivette collection, two two releases that I know you have, Scott.
1: I know. I'm looking at both of them right this second. Uh, Yeah, they're both pretty great in kind of distinct ways. The Rivette collection has awesome, awesome packaging. And of course, the movies are great too. But it's kind of low on the supplements, you know, so uh, it looks great on the shelf. But in terms of interacting with it, you're kind of limited to the film's themselves, whereas the dryer set has this kind of awful packaging. I'm not the biggest fan of it. It's kind of this flimsy slipcase and these really thin uh, plastic cases, but the content within that is, you know, inexhaustible. You could spend a year going through it practically between the four feature or five feet, no, yeah, four features, and then all these shorts and all these interviews, and uh, yeah, so it's a pretty a uh, remarkable set that I'm still just barely dipping my toes into. And of course we covered the Rivette set on the show in a lengthy episode. And so there's a lot to dive into there content wise. And if people haven't checked that out yet, I urge them to do so and definitely pick up that set. It's a beaut and I love having it on my shelf.
0: Um, Last year there were a number of, uh, I think like the, max senate collection from flicker alley one and the house of mystery this there there i don't think there were any flicker alley winners this year but um you know even if you just look at the list of nominees um there's a lot of great stuff in here worth checking out too like um you know criterion was nominated for uh don't look back the bob dylan pennebaker film uh, as well as the Apu trilogy, which I'm surprised didn't win, but I yeah, guess, that like, is really surprising. Just you know, given the amount of work that went into it, and just all of the, just like you know, how amazing those films look on Blu-ray versus how poor those negatives looked when you see them, kind of you know, as they are restoring them, uh, it just seems like you'd you'd have to give them an award just for what they en- ended up uh, just
1: for 20 years of work, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was surprised to learn about this, uh, this series of Gaumont box sets that are virtually unattainable for the average person. Cause they're like a hundred euro a piece and there's nine of them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, there was the, um, let's see, let me go back to where the list is. Um, of the ones that won an award that I don't have that I want to get, uh, this Frederick Wiseman box set seems like something I need to get, um, there were a number of like uh personal choices from the judges that seemed um like I need to buy, but I don't know. I I guess like I'm glad I I have the Theodore Dreyer and Revet collections and so I feel kind of good about myself for that. Yeah, but... I'm very content with those <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah. Um I actually just started uh I just pl- placed an order recently for the um this one was nominated but didn't win, but where is it? The um Another one of the BFI releases, um, oh, the magic lantern cycle. Oh uh, yeah. The Kenneth anger stuff. So that's one that I have en route to me. Some from Zavi that was pretty cheap. Um,
1: I know you haven't snatched up the Zavi deals recently. I'm jealous. Uh, yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> uh,
1: the, you know, they're not that expensive and the pound is,
0: is dropping man. So it's t- yeah. now is the time. Now's the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes for all of the finalists, which include um, a lot of other things. You know, and this Hu uh Taiwanese box set, I think. That... Oh,
1: I just picked that up. It's so great. Yeah, so
0: that is that is that in uh, that's from Taiwan. Is that is yeah that correct?
1: yeah? It has English subtitles on the features and the supplements, which is pretty nice. Uh, but it's this gorgeous packaging and great transfers and
0: did you order it online or did you buy it from foreign exchange blu-ray i
1: grabbed it from foreign exchange i'm a supporter of local business ryan
0: (laughs) that's awesome um that's awesome also that he has dvds because that's his dvd release right oh no it's a Blu-ray. oh it is a blu-ray okay
1: yeah it was released on dvd too so they might have just because i heard some controversy that like they weirdly didn't nominate some things that came out on blu-ray and they only picked the dvds so their list might just say dvd but it did come out on blu-ray
0: interesting uh, I was happy to see that Flickr Alley had the uh, 3D rarities and Masterworks of American Avant-Garde experimental film uh, nominated as well, even though they didn't win. But it's still like those are great uh, discs to pick up. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, the the Fastbender collection. Oh, and the Yoshida collection from uh, Arrow were also nominated, uh, but didn't win. But those are totally worth it picking up if you don't own them already unless the fassbender collection is that one sold out yet i thought it was getting really close to selling out
1: yeah i feel like it's been at like 97 percent for like six months or something (laughs) it might be sold out by now but last i checked it was still there
0: it's still there yeah you can get it there you uh, go you can still get it from arrow's website uh and there's sales going on although this isn't part of the sale but um you get double points yeah you get double points i uh yeah I'll think about it. I think I think some <laughs> people, uh, many U.S. folks are just kind of waiting for, you know, a inevitable or like, you know, a criterion release of, of the Fassbender films. Um, well,
1: yeah, I mean, like almost half of them have already been released. So if you've been collecting criterion digi- diligently, it's kind of hard to find the excuse to pick these up separately. Yeah.
0: Well, Scott, do you have any other pieces of news or things that you've been... Uh, picking up on for from criterion over the past couple of weeks that you wanted to talk about
1: uh i don't think so i guess i'll just say here since i don't think people who won't have seen the films will be listening to the episode that uh for the during the sale people should definitely pick up brighter summer day we're gonna do a close-up episode of that this weekend and uh, just going through that and watching it through twice i'm really just kind of overwhelmed and blown away by it and all the more thankful to Criterion for putting it out. And so I really, really encourage people to check that out. That's really one you want to have on your shelf and kind of watch a couple of times and kind of watch it at your own pace since it is a four-hour movie Um, and just kind of let it kind of sink in over time. It's not one that a lot of people kind of, and certainly I can fully appreciate on the first viewing because it's so kind of intricate and complicated, but that's one I definitely want to give a shout out to people who are kind of looking at the sale.
0: Did you end up listening to the commentary track?
1: On oh yeah, it is amazing and you know, definitely very helpful
0: yeah um so yeah, I guess for me, what I would recommend people pick up during the the sale um just looking back at like you know the past uh couple of months from criterion um you know definitely pick up fantastic planet uh the vendors' box set was a favorite of mine the player um You know, if you don't, if you haven't seen Phoenix yet, definitely pick up that one. Um, And the the Kennedy films are definitely a must own. Um, Yeah, some pretty great stuff, I guess, for anyone out there who's who hasn't caught up with um, Criterion over the past few months, you can go check out some of the more recent episode of the Chronicles podcast where we go through uh, all of the releases month by month and uh, kind of talk briefly about each of the releases. So you have a chance to kind of get an idea of whether or not these might be for you.
1: And click on affiliate links. <laughs>
0: yes, they definitely help. Um, do you have any predictions for October? Anything that hasn't been teased at that you are, are crossing your fingers might that might get an announcement for October?
1: Uh, I guess just off the top of my head, here's Girl Friday. Anytime sooner the better.
0: Yeah. I wonder, let's see, what's what's left on the drawing from uh, the beginning I was of just the wondering
1: that. I couldn't remember.
0: So there is things like um, Squid and the Whale that might get an announcement. Um. Other than that, Squid and the Whale, um, you know, Lone Lone Wolf. Lone Lone Wolf and Cub is on there. Uh, it seems like you know everything else has kind of been announced already. You know, Naked Island. Uh, here yeah. comes Mr. Jordan, the Chrysanthemum, uh, Chimes at Midnight, the Taste of Honey, uh, the Bicycle Thieves, and Easy Rider, Phoenix, uh, the Robert Drew, um, the. So there's still the angel on. The bomb. So you know, the bomb is kind of was certainly Doctor Strange. Love is that angel an upgrade of uh, the exterminating angel? Mm, maybe uh, we did get the dolls and McCabe and Mrs. Miller, the planets, the New World, Fantastic Planet, the three, the Kings of the Road. Um, so yeah, I think we're getting pretty close to having this thing all checked off.
1: Hopefully we'll be a little surprised then. I know.
0: <laughs> well, they still managed to surprise us with their choices of Blu-ray That's upgrades. True. Yeah. Um, hopefully, maybe we'll get an Eclipse set in 2016. <laughs> Although it is, you know, as, I, as these sales come around and I pick up more of the Eclipse sets, it's easier to get closer to being complete if they aren't releasing any new ones
1: that's true you can just (laughs) stare for years on end at your complete eclipse line
0: and maybe watch some of them
1: yeah well you know that's secondary
0: (laughs) all right everyone well uh thanks to everyone out there who is clicking on our affiliate links for the barnes and noble sale you can go click on our little sidebar ads uh over there um but you know i certainly won't uh judge anyone who wants to go into a physical location and make sure that what you're buying is actually in good condition because i know all about getting stuff in the mail and having it be beaten up or dented just because of the the packaging uh that barnes and noble decided to use uh or leave out in some cases (laughs) so um happy hunting everyone